0: I'm from that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. dirt am a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night. I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, dirt, dirt. dirt. I miss that dirt. Dirt. Gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now, nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, Mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll out the trailer, I'm flossing. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Them cold pine, we're tossing. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. I hit the Side, boy, I for Brian Claussen.
1: Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast, often imitated, never duplicated. Your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage.
0: Hey
1: and welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast just me in studio tonight i guess matt um after a long break from me couldn't handle the idea of me talking about how old he is and all those kind of things but before i jump into my guest tonight i gotta say here uh because he texted me earlier said that he wasn't gonna be able to tune in live on the show uh but he would be listening tomorrow at work so he assumed that i was gonna talk trash about him but i just want to say how how great of a human being steve peden is uh, how much i appreciate steve and um I, I can't come up with anything else to say about steve um steve i'll think about it throughout the rest of the show and uh come up with it but uh in in case anyone else has anything good to say about steve uh it in here on facebook live so i i can say good things about steve um but with me tonight uh excited to talk to these two gentlemen here uh i've got with me uh caleb faulkner and dakota Keibel, both late model drivers uh so guys welcome well caleb welcome back to the show and dakota welcome to the show thank you sir so guys i'm gonna start here um you know kind of with with both of you in the idea of kind of break down the last season i know dakota you said you got the cars you know together a little late ran five times caleb your first year um full year in the uh late model uh coming from the uh quarter uh three, re- qu- three quarter midget you were in a three-quarter midget okay i was gonna say quarter midget but three-quarter midget world uh so kind of how'd last season go i'll let you
2: go first uh so my last season went pretty well um we ran five times four times at florence and then one time at rock castle in the late model um i salvaged the top 10 finish at florence which was was a pretty good thing for me um i was pretty frustrated with the car at one point so uh i i, I was glad to see that i was able to turn it around um the car and i started started jiving on all cylinders and i i actually kind of Undid some of my <laughs> some of my destruction from the last couple races, which I'm sure you can relate to, Caleb. But uh, and then I I also flew out to Fairground Speedway in Cortez, Colorado for a hundred lap stock car shootout in September, and ended up running third in it uh, for the hundred lapper, which I got to the lead at, and the right front tire gave up on me, so I ended up fading and tried to come back, but I was just a little little too little too much too late i think um and then i ended up pulling off a win in a sport mod while i was out there too so i i I had a pretty pretty eventful year it was kind of nice to be a hired gun driving the family equipment and it was was a good time
1: caleb how was yours
3: it it was definitely i think with everything going on through the world made this year a whole lot harder because our season was cut a whole lot shorter than we normally would have had and we also had what I think's twice the number of cars that we normally would have at Brownstown. So, I think I think we only made a few features this year, but we made progress every night, which was the main goal, which was just to make progress. So, um if it hadn't been for a fuel pump the last night, I think I probably would have made the feature that night, but it was still like that was kind of what happened throughout the year is we'd have a mechanical bug and then it was me trying to learn the car cuz open wheel to the late models is 180 it's completely different what's
1: the what's the biggest difference you've noticed there going from the open wheel to the late model
3: how much the suspension moves that's mm-hmm. one big one but for me personally it was more of driving it um i'm used to it with the open wheel stuff like you can let off the throttle and just stand back into it and it'll actually help turn the car and It'll help do all that kind of stuff to the car, but I couldn't get the R late model to do it. And after talking with uh, my grandpa, who's a, a UMP official, so he travels around and sees all the national guys, and Kyle Strickler actually I talked to him at Jackson 100. He, uh, they both kind of showed, taught me more that with the, especially with the crate, that you can't do that. You have to use more of the brake pedal to help turn the car than what with the throttle and you have to just stay on the throttle so it's kind of it's different on how i would want to drive it but as for like what i'm looking in the car it's still the same
1: go ahead
2: I, yeah I, I i would echo the same thing i mean so i i got brought up running i mean heck i've, I've run go-karts quarter midgets mini stocks hobby stocks street stocks uh southern sport mods and northern sport mods and it always seems like you have to drive the car really straight when you get slick right and you you don't have that rear steer that you're relying on and you jump into a late model and all of a sudden you've got all this rear steer and you've got the cars moving different ways and the right front's pinned down and all of a sudden it it just creates a totally different element that sometimes what you feel is going on and you watch the video and go what the heck was I thinking? Or or you got your crew guy that as soon as you get back to the pits he says, dude, if you run the bottom one more time, this <laughs> this trailer ain't going to be here when you get back. And that has happened once. <laughs> like it, it it was a pretty big threat and it it's just one of those that you got to get you got to get really up on the wheel and it's it's hard to do because like when you're ingrained in in a certain driving style for long enough, it's tough to it's tough to be able to reset yourself. And then go back out there with a totally clean slate. The, those old habits always seem
3: to seem to come up. And, and that's also probably because I ran the TQ at Brownstown so much. I'm used to those kind of stuff stuff at Brownstown that you can't do with the late model. Mm-hmm. Because I we noticed that when we left Brownstown, so like when we went to Terre Haute, I did really good at Terre Haute. We still think the car was probably not set up 100% right, but I drove a whole lot better and that was in the middle of the season.
1: So getting away from those habits that you had built in how you raced that track. Yep. Now, Dakota, I want to throw back to you here just a little bit, because you have an interesting story and you kind of alluded to it there, but you know, you and I were talking off air. I want to kind of get to it because you're an Indiana transplant, man. Um, you know, you're a, you're a, Hoosier by movement, man, and uh, and you know I I relate to that because I grew up in Illinois and then got transplanted over to the Hoosier State as well. Um, I do want to say this real quick just to make sure we get it out there on this, but uh, uh, boo to the Big Ten! I got to throw that out there because you know IU deserves a chance to play in the uh, Big Ten championship game, and they they knocked them out and put Ohio State in. So, to all you Ohio State fans tune out i don't i'm not even mind saying that go IU. uh but dakota you you came from colorado yes sir so kind of give us your background and you know obviously you've raced your whole life out there then you transplant you come here and and kind of that whole story because it's awesome
2: yeah so um my my dad raced growing up and i mean ever since i was a little bitty right like anytime they moved, he had a he had a stock car so anytime they moved the car i had to be in it if I wasn't in it, I was pissed. And I, I, there's been times where I, I went back home and I idled his stock car around the shop and it just immediate memory flashback, right? It's just one of those things that you you, you see it and you feel it and all of a sudden you're kind of back in that scenario sitting in the, the right side of the car, right? So uh, my dad started racing, so obviously that meant that I had to have one and I'm, I'm ultra competitive, right? I, I hate to hate to lose more than I love to win. So, uh, my family built a, uh, a homemade go-kart and when I was six, uh, we ended up driving to Aztec, New Mexico. They had a, a little dirt track above their actual main dirt track for go-karts and quarter midgets. So I ran the, the go-kart one or two years and then they had a guy that came in that had a bunch of quarter midgets and my grandpa got me in one of those and I loved it, so Obviously, he had to, had to get me one. So then I ran quarter midgets for around four years, and and in the midst of that that quarter midget racing, uh, we were running dirt in Aztec, and then we found out that there was an asphalt track in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So at one point we were running dirt in the morning, in Aztec, New Mexico, loading the car up, still muddy, driving to Albuquerque, New Mexico in the evening and racing there on on asphalt and my grandpa had a another motor and tires and i mean we we were buying everybody's takeoffs and the the car was an older car and they that all, all the kids said that well that doesn't look like our car you can't race well i'd go out there and start beating them and then everybody was thinking we were cheating well that that asphalt racing actually really helped my dirt racing because in asphalt racing every time you twitch the wheel that's a tenth of a second even in a quarter midget, so as soon as I started coming back to dirt, I started getting faster and faster and faster. Because in asphalt, you, especially with quarter midget, you couldn't lift; you had to stay in line. And then whenever somebody screwed up, you had to be there. So it's all about momentum. It's it's very yeah, similar to yep, the to yeah. the go
1: kart thing. You can't once you break momentum, there's no horsepower to catch you back up. You got to keep that rhythm.
2: Absolutely. So the the last year we ran uh, quarter midgets. I won all but one race. And the only race I lost was because my grandpa forgot to take off a spacer on the right rear, which we had done at the, uh, after the previous last race of the last year. So then from there, um, I was dying to get into a big car and I was, I was 12 at the time and my cousin had a Mustang. So, uh, fairground speedway in Cortez, Colorado had had a racetrack. Uh, that's, that's Cortez is my hometown. So, my dad put me and my brother in, in it, and we were kind of alternating a little bit. Well, then my dad found a, uh, a Ford Pinto, and this was the ugliest color of, like, mint throw-up green Pinto. So we painted a number on the side of it and they threw me in it. And I was, I did pretty well at, at 12 years old. I won a track championship. I was 15 for like three years. So, yeah. so then, then from Kept there, coming back. yeah, absolutely. And and there was, there was a race that I, I remember a thousand percent of my brother was in the Mustang. I was in the Pino and we were going down the backstretch and we were beating the crap out of each other. And it, it. it opened up the door and I had AC for the rest of the race because the door was just laid open and I got by him and I was gone. Right. So then from there we stepped up into a hobby stock. I ran a hobby stock a year and a half. Um in between when I was when I was thirteen the track closed down. So when I turned fourteen, uh Aztec New Mexico wouldn't let you run until you're sixteen. Well my grandpa called the promoter and was like, hey I've got a car we, we kind of would like to run and they're like oh well, we don't have many cars so come on down so at 14 I was running a hobby stock and then I ran the next year and then we stepped up into sport mods and I was in sport mods for about 8 years ended up uh, I have 20 I, I guess now I have 23 feature wins in a sport mod and a Colorado State Championship and then uh, my dad got a northern sport mod, so him and I traded cars and, and I raced the northern a couple times. He actually let me take that up to college while I was going to college in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, so I had my grandpa's truck, my grandpa's trailer, my dad's car, and my toolbox. And it was me, my now fiancé, and our German shepherd. And we, we'd go to school all week, and on Friday I'd have the car loaded up, and she'd jump in and we'd haul haul to the racetrack and i'll I'll never forget this we're we're on our way to colorado motorsports park which is now closed down it was in Byers, colorado and my fiance was like you know what does it sound like when a trailer tire blows and i was like oh Oh, that (laughs) i was like well i'll I'll tell you when it happens but i think we're good we can see the racetrack not 30 seconds later boom (laughs) tire blows and i was like well now you know what it sounds like you better bail out of the truck because we got to do this one fast because the car's are already packing like <laughs> we were always late and then uh yeah so i raced a couple more times ended up with a, a second place finish out there um that was always interesting to to be working on the uh working on the car in front of the apartment and pretty soon you have a you have a whole. Uh, yard full of guys that are out in front that don't want to ask questions because nobody wants to tell anybody else that they're not they the don't account. know anything they, yeah. they, they don't know anything but they were out there drinking beer coaching me up right <laughs> the maintenance guy comes over and i'm like oh shit, i'm hosed now oh this this is the coolest thing ever man whatever tools you need just let me know i'll go get them for you Right, <laughs> and then uh yeah moved out here i came out here with my chevy Cruze in a toolbox and slowly inch by inch part by part kind of built up my racing program and uh yeah when when i bought the first car I took a year off in 2016 that's when i moved out here took a year off saved up bought a 2008 laser out of nebraska didn't have a truck didn't have a trailer just thought well hell, this is a good deal we <laughs> gotta have it <laughs>
1: yeah figure so, you figure out the rest later y- you just go y- yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
2: and i was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants and and my buddy brandon downing he was uh he told me well if you get a car out here you can you can store it at my shop like well, i called him after i bought it and was like hey man uh i've got a car i don't know how i'm gonna get it out here but uh i hope you still got a place in the shop for me <laughs> So we, the, I paid a guy 250 bucks to, to haul it out here because he was going to Union, Kentucky to pick up a, a car anyway. And uh, so he dropped it off at the gas station at the New Point exit in, in Greensburg. And Brandon only lived about two miles from there. So he dropped it off. I had my buddy stand by the car. I took the truck to the, to the house, grabbed his four-wheeler, and a ratchet strap came back and all the guys at the gas station were like oh man there's cops always always coming through here you don't want to be doing that well 50 bucks and we'll haul it wherever you want i was like well i already i'm already screwed because i got the four-wheeler at the gas station <laughs> yeah. so we hooked it up and hauled butt to the house and kind of bought a bought a trailer and used his truck and off, off we are off, off we went here we are
1: i gotta say that that a couple parts of that whole story that i love the most. I love the fact that you're out in front of the apartment of college putting together a race car. but more than that even, there is a there's a huge divide between you know dirt racers and asphalt racers. The fact that you and your grandpa raced on dirt, showed up to an asphalt track with a muddy car, that gives me so much joy because those guys, everything's got to be clean everything's got to be perfect love you jared thomas um but those asphalt guys never have a hair out of place for you to show up mud still in the car and and race against them i think that's that's just pretty awesome and beat them there
2: we go that was
1: the best part there we go And, and so caleb i want to throw back to you now and because i know you were on we we think it was what two years ago I need pretty, to go back and look at... Pretty it, close to two years ago. See, see which uh, episode you were, because this is episode 110 tonight. Um, but to review some of those, and, and people who maybe weren't on, didn't listen to the first episode here, have just started uh, watching, how did you end up in this whole deal?
3: Well, as I said, my grandpa's a UMP official now, but when I was... Well, when my dad was a kid, he owned late models. So he... My dad helped with the late models for a while my uh, grandpa ended up getting i don't know if he necessarily got rid of it because I, I don't think i was born yet i was at least too young to know but he switched over to the modifieds when the late models started getting more expensive so he switched to the modifieds for a while and i believe my parents said i was almost two years old and i stood in the car in the shop and i'd say that's where it started but then uh, for my then about seven year when I was seven years old my mom's uh, dad uh, contacted my parents and asked about buying me a go-kart so he's really the reason why I got in it obviously my parents agreed to it so but I raced on dirt in Columbus for three years I think Won one track championship there my second year uh, I raced around a little bit, but wasn't a whole lot. Then in 2006, we went up to Crawfordville at Ben Hurst Speedway. I won a championship up there that year. And I believe it was that year or the next year, I also started running pavement go-karts too for a guy named Don Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started racing for him on the pavement side. So I did both dirt and pavement for a while. Didn't do as much pavement because the series we ran only ran maybe once a month or twice a month or so. Then we, um, my last year I raced go karts, I ran nine races, I won six of them, and was never worse than second. So at that point, my dad pretty much knew that I'd gotten all I could get out of the go karts, so we could either keep going and keep winning he could try and challenge me and move me up and I was 14 and at the time uh the TQs actually split into two series and when they split the one series would allow you to start racing when you're 14 so myself and CJ Leary who now drives the USAC sprint cars uh we both moved into the series at the same time and I ran TQs till 2018 I believe so I ran those for then and then i took 2019 off to actually build the late model and i'm in late models
1: awesome and um so we're going to take a quick break here uh to get our first set of sponsors out here um and and just fair warning to both you guys uh we will be asking you guys to shout out who helps you guys get to the track so if you're not ready make sure you are but uh we want to thank all our sponsors so here's our first round Electrical work big and small. Gilpin is the one to call. Gilpin Electrical Services can do your small necessary jobs such as wiring lights in your race trailer or adding outlets in your shop. They are also trained in installing whole home backup generators. Don't let a loss of power knock you out of having your car ready for the track this week. With a generator from Gilpin Electric and Generator Services, you'll be able to continue to work right on through the outage. Give them a call today at 812-953-1261 or look them up on Facebook at Gilpin Electric and Generator Services. Don't sit in the dark during the next power outage. See what Gilpin Electric and Generator Services can offer to you. Call them at 812-953-1261. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Do you know what kind of coverage you have? Do you know who to call if something goes wrong? Most of you probably know whether you currently have home life or auto insurance, but do you have the right coverage and the right amounts? This is where my family's agent, Tommy Taylor, comes into play. Tommy will take the time to sit down with you and look at your current policy and explain what he can offer and for what price. Tommy's an agent that is going to work for you to get you the best deal and best coverage he can. And when he's not the best option, Tommy's okay with telling you he'd take the other. Give Tommy a call today at 812-346-5664 or email him at thomas.taylor@infb.com. at infb.com. Stop knocking on wood. Call Tommy Taylor today. Is your car damaged? Does it need detailed? Rust spots you've been swearing you're going to take care of? How about those foggy headlights? If this sounds like your daily driver or your project car, give Legacy Paint and Body in Columbus, Indiana a call today. They can take care of all those problems and more. They offer free estimates and are family owned. Give them a call today at 812 799 1344. Or look them up on Facebook at Legacy Paint and Body. Again, Give them a call today at 812-799-1344. Dirt to Media is your one-stop spot for racing action of all types. They cover Brownstown Speedway, Twin Cities Raceway Park, and Thunder Valley Raceway weekly with on-demand video available the day after the race is held. Also for 2020, the crew will be covering historic Salem Speedway live. You can also get all the races with your VIP Dirt to Media membership on-demand the day after the race. All of this, along with covering the Burris Southeast Karting Series, Burris Blue-Grey Karting Series, and the American Crate All-Star Series live on their platform. It's time you were a VIP member of the premier location for racing coverage, both live and on demand. So get over to www.dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. And here, before we jump right back in with our two guests tonight, I do want to give a huge shout-out and... um tommy taylor uh indiana farm bureau insurance tommy's been a sponsor of the podcast since it started um can't say enough about the guy he is like i say in the the spot he is my insurance agent um and i want to give him a shout out because some big news in the uh thirsty goat entertainment world uh just last monday closed on a new business uh that ryan and i are purchasing tommy quickly Got together our insurance policy, saved us money, made sure we had the best the best coverage we could at the cheapest price we could. Um, so I just can't say enough. And, and there's a lot of great insurance agents out there, but I'm telling you this. Call Tommy. Let him quote your insurance. If somebody will beat him, he's going to tell you to go with them. But he's also going to make sure you're getting the same coverage for the same price. So just wanted to give some more love to Tommy there because, again, huge sponsor, but also – the best agent i've ever dealt with um in insurance so all right guys tyler collins um some people like tyler some people don't um i i personally do uh i like the <laughs> The mediums <laughs> yeah he's got a problem with mediums uh but um i do want to ask you guys this because because tyler threw it out here what's your favorite racing experience in the late model and then what's your favorite racing experience overall throughout your career? So I'll throw to Dakota first, and I'll come right back.
2: So favorite racing experience in the late model, um, it's hard to narrow down for me because every race out here has been unique, and every every track I've been to has been unique. Um, prop, prop, I, hey, I, I just want to let you guys know, I'm a heat race winner, Okay. <laughs> I'm a heat race winner, and that's probably my my, my favorite uh, favorite memory of a of a late model. I was in Twin Cities, and it was a it, it was a heat race win on a technicality. Um, <laughs> but hey, it, it, a win's still a win. Um, but yeah that that was probably that was probably one of my one of my favorite races because the car was actually working that night, and I was working with the car that night. Um, other than in that feature, Tyler. And I started side by side, and we we took off, and I I kind of kind of didn't go anywhere. So uh,
1: <laughs> I I gotta say this though, and and I laugh because and, and not laughing at you, Every driver is this way, and I love hearing them come on. You count every heat race win. You get in the trailer, and there's tally marks of every heat race win until you get the first heat ve- feature and then every heat race win doesn't matter anymore well, <laughs> they're gone it's <laughs> well how
2: can you list your your a race winner in in a twitter bio man like <laughs> You, you got to list your accomplishments somewhere. Well, I hey, mean, I'm a late model winner. My okay? good
1: buddy Steve Peden, in his Twitter bio, it says race winner. He just doesn't say it's the soapbox derby against the kids when they come out there and run around with the box cars on them.
2: Ain't nobody needs to know that.
1: Well, love you, Steve. <laughs> uh, so, so Caleb, I'll throw to you before we come back to best overall. What best racing experience or favorite in the late model?
3: I'd honestly, I'd say it's between two races, one one at Brownstown behind, I believe it was a heat race. And if I remember right, I think Skyler was actually subbing for Zach. It was right after he broke his <laughs> hand or wrist, whatever he broke. But uh, Skyler was on the pole and Tyler was right in front of me. And the three of us sailed off into turn one. And I think I came off, we came off turn two and I was in third or fourth I was actually in a transfer spot so you know that was probably my favorite memories because I I mean I raced with Skyler when I was in go-karts so when we thought oh we're gonna move up to the crates thought we were gonna race against him again then he goes by the super so you know it had, I don't get a race with him very often and uh Tyler went and was running the other series and actually the year we took off we were at the track with Tyler a lot helping him and trying to learn from him and everything. And he's been a huge help to us learning the stuff. So uh, that was probably my favorite, you know, from Brownstown. But Terre Haute's just a different animal. And I think that was probably my favorite feature because you end up going so fast there. And I've always liked the bigger tracks. So in the TQ, Brownstown was a big track. But then when you go to late models, Brownstown's not a big track Mm -hmm. anymore. So going to Terre Haute, that was that was probably another one of my favorite from this year.
1: I, I just gotta throw this out here because Josh Harris made the comment there about best Uke Tire experience, and I I just I love that you brought that up because you know here I'm talking about Steve Peden. Peden has a, a love um, affair with the Uke Tires, but also my good buddy Burton Zach Burton there. Uh, oh boy uh zach burton uh love affair with those uke tires as well likes to get into them so
3: i just want to say it took me exactly 0.2 seconds to find the uke tire in a heat race (laughs) (laughs) suspension failed on my first heat race and i spun and hit barely clipped the tire
2: you you remember that that story about the trailer's not going to be there yeah i I snagged a uke tire in a heat race and and brandon said hey man uh that's not going to fly you're going to be at the top or you're driving that car home <laughs> <laughs> so, good luck getting
1: the four-wheeler back to pull it back yeah yeah so favorite race experience overall
2: so i've, I've got a few of them that all tied together um so I, I i've raced against my dad i've raced against my brother and i've raced against my little sister and and pro- I,
1: I gotta ask is it the little sister that that commented on here yeah brooklyn yeah okay okay that's yeah, cool she,
2: yeah shout out to her so she ran in the the 100 lap stock car feature this year and I, I lapped her twice, I think, and every time I could see that car, I was going, oh shit. if I hit her, my mom is gonna yank, is she's gonna stop the race and she's gonna yank me out of this car and beat me down on the front stretch. So every time I, I went by her, it was like, okay, just be really ginger, hit your marks, don't push, don't push, I pushed once. And the whole time in the car I was thinking, oh shit, this is not gonna pan out very well. And luckily I got the car turned before I made contact. But man, I, I, the whole time I was just thinking, they are going to kill me. They're going to kill me. She's going to come out of the car pissed. She's going to beat me up. My mom's going to beat me up. It's going to happen on the front stretch. They're going to win 200 bucks, and I'm going to be out <laughs> out my dignity, right? Um, but overall, we, we ran a, a race in, in Price, Utah, at Desert Thunder Raceway. Um, and it was a two-day show. It was called the, the Rock, Cal- Rock County Clash or something like that and the first night we showed up i i had a rock get stuck in between the carburetor linkage and the carburetor in the heat race which i'm pretty sure that's all that rock was destined to do because it was the perfect size perfect shape to do it so and I'm, had i had to hit the perfect way yeah, I mean, yeah it, 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 it was something you'd, you'd read out of a book right and i ended up finishing second that put me kind of deep in the field because they inverted I was running probably sixth, hit the car in front of me, damn near spun out. Uh, and then I, I got spun out about two laps later and I was mad. I was furious, right? Because it was like I had I had a good enough car. What am I what am I doing, right? Started at the tail, 25th, went to the bottom, everybody else was running the top, working my way up, working my way up, working way up. They had a yellow and all of a sudden I was in fifth and I thought, I'm gonna win this race. Holy crap, right? sure enough pick two cars off at a time two cars off at a time I'm in the lead checked out next night uh, uh, a guy I, I, I ha- always had a great time racing with his name is Shane Simmonton. him and I started on the front row and I didn't I didn't want to just run off I wanted to make it a good race so I sat there and him and I were side by side for no no kidding probably 12 laps and the last lap I, I was just playing head games with him I I, I had the car to just just take off and leave but what what fun's that last lap go into one and two hit the bottom he hits his top line come out I actually give it it's all him and I are side by side he comes down to try to run the low line with me and I watched that car skate off into the distance like a figure skater man (laughs) it was like up got this one one that that was probably the coolest one Uh, especially because in the stands after that second race there was somebody like who is that kid and, and they're like, oh, it's just some big shot from Cortez. And my dad pipes up, no, that's my son. He's only 16. <laughs> that, that made me feel pretty good. My dad ended up winning that night. Um, my grandpa's favorite song, Fade and Renegade, was on in the car afterwards. It, it, it was like something out of a It, it was story. a movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a movie. It was awesome. I had a great time. That was probably my favorite racing experience.
1: That's awesome. Caleb?
3: Well, my favorite one on the track, was probably the championship night and been her because uh me and now actually one of my sponsors he helps helps me out uh him and i were battling for the championship and it came down to that race and it was one of those if he wins you have to finish in this position and you'll go to a tie and I fell back to that position cuz for whatever reason my dad and I decided not to make the changes we had been doing all year and he ran second and uh, we were coming down the back stretch and we both ended up pulling up next to each other in the go karts and you know smacking the bodies against each other and we had a huge respect for each other throughout the year and I ended up winning the championship by two points. Wow. So that was the one on track. Off track it's It's got to be my rookie year in the TQs. We had had some bad luck and everything, and uh, a lot of the other drivers that have been driving the TQs for a long time really liked the way I drove them and respected me and went to the driver's meeting on the final race, and they ended up giving me the People's Choice Rookie of the Year. It had never been created before, and I don't think it's ever been given out since. So I'm the only one to have ever received that. And I don't know if I'm the last one, but I think I'm the last one that I've ever gotten the Larry Rice Spirit Award, which was given to me by Gary Lee. I got all that in the same year.
1: That's pretty amazing. That's awesome.
3: And then obviously all my other sportsmanship awards, I, my dad and I take very, very seriously because normally they come from either the officials or they come from other peers around us. And that's something we always enjoy getting because it proves that you know, it's not only just what we do on the track, but also off the track that people like about us.
1: That's awesome. That's pretty amazing. So I want to ask you guys this, and Dakota, I'm 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 probably as interested in your answer just because you grew up in a different spot. Because a lot of our Indiana guys, we have kind of the same heroes uh, here in Indiana. Obviously, your dad and your grandpa. I know you're going to go to, but who are some of those other drivers? You know, maybe that other people would know that really were inspirations to you as a young driver.
2: So out here, I don't know if anybody would know him, to be honest with you. Um, but J.J. harple he was probably the my my second favorite driver, if you will, because obviously Dad's got to be at the top, right? Well, yeah, uh, you better uh, be. Uh, <laughs> if it isn't, I'm not gonna be able to drive that stock car when I go home again, right? Yeah. So. Um, no j.j harple was always always a a fan of mine just and i i don't know what it was i don't know if it was just the way the announcer said his name he he won a lot which was great he was a modified guy um aaron spangler he he was always a a really good shoe and him and my dad battled it out when my dad ran modifieds um i mean heck even even zane develbus he's he's from the farmington new mexico area always always ran around there he's a two-time imca uh National champions, so th- there, there, there was a lot of good drivers that came from there. I don't know if anybody would know them out here, but obviously, I, I mean, it's a podcast; anybody can know anybody, right?
1: So. Absolutely, and and that's honestly why I was interested because you know around here we hear those same the, mm-hmm. the expectation, and, and so I was interested to hear. Now, was there anybody maybe on a national level that that you were really you know influenced by?
2: uh I saw Scott Bloomquist on—I I, don't even know—it was on a TV aired race one time, and we are watching it, and that just what he could do with a car just just blew me away. Because I mean, from from my area, late models aren't aren't prevalent. There's there's one series of late models, and they've got to travel like 12 hours to 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 run around there. So the late models weren't really prevalent, but that was probably. Watch, watching him go from, from mid pack and, and wheel to the front was, was just something that that I was captivated by.
1: And love him or hate him, is there a guy that just looks cooler than
2: with with than, a, with a cast on his arm, air in his air in the hair and an American flag behind him? I don't know if there is. I probably <laughs> I'm probably getting a
1: lot of hate from that,
3: but
2: I mean, you you gotta you gotta respect it. Well, and I'll be the he, first had to had a good run. You gotta respect a I,
1: good run. I'm not a Bloomquist fan, but as a fan of the sport, you know, I, I would I would compare it to this. You know, growing up, I was a Bulls fan, and I think everybody, if you weren't a Bulls fan, you hated Jordan because of all the winning. It's similar to that, but you gotta respect him, and if you can be honest, you gotta go god it is fun to watch him do what he can do that's the thing with bloomquist like i'm not a fan never would go buy a bloomquist t-shirt but he he's it's polarizing he's right there man he's i struggle saying he's the goat because there there's some others in there and we want to talk about you know jeff purvis and and billy moyer that i think are right in that conversation but without without scott bloomquist dirt late model racing isn't what it is so
3: i definitely think he's one of the best i think he's one of the ones that's definitely pushed the innovation of it
1: oh the rule book would only be six pages if it wasn't for scott bloomquist he's he's written every rule there is man but so caleb who were some of those heroes for you as you were you were coming up don't say tyler collins because he's already in a schmedium and he won't be able to get over his
3: head I don't. It kind of changes. I grew up and learned more stuff. So obviously, when I was little, my family watched NASCAR and everything. That's basically all we did. I didn't know anything about the dirt world when I was little. I mean, outside from what I kind of seen with my grandpa, but that was it. I didn't know anybody. So you know, then it was you know Dale Earnhardt, J- Senior and Junior, and Tony Stewart and all of them. But as I've kind of learned more about. All the different series and everything you know I've grown to like you know Steve Kenzer in the sprint cars and Greg Stobb who actually worked with us in the TQs for a while you know Don O'Neill like so as I've kind of grown things have changed about who my heroes are and who I look up to anymore now it's kind of I show up to the track and you know Jackson 100 I go over there and I watch them i watch all the national guys that run and i just try and learn from them
1: that's cool and you know i think one one thing i was going to say earlier that um <laughs> hey give a shout out here tyler collins said he's wearing his youth large oh boy zach burton shirt uh you know you can't you can't beat it tyler those guys oh boy's always looking out for you but I wanted to say this, because it connects, and I've said on this podcast several times, and I'm sure there's people that roll their eyes when I talk about it, but you talked about getting in your dad's car and, and you know, just idling it, and it brings back those memories. And you talk about being, you know, at your grandfather's shop and, you know, when he got into modifieds and, and remembering that's where it started, because you had to be in the car. And I, I've said on here a thousand times, and my racing hero yeah, on national level, level Tony Stewart, I was a fan of. But my racing hero, the guy that, you know, I thought everything of was Kevin Briscoe, man. And, and you know, for those that maybe don't know Kevin, you should. But his son, Chase, is uh, the newly appointed number 14 car. It's Stewart Haas Racing. But, but Kevin, man, when that white and red number five Briscoe mobile home sprint car came out, To me, it was magical as a kid. And I know, like, I get dirt fans understand what I'm talking about, but like other people, like when I talk about this, I get those eye rolls and people looking at me like, are you serious like that? Like, it was magical. And one of the coolest moments to, to compare to what you're talking about, when Chase had CBR Racing at the No Way Out a couple years ago and they ran that paint scheme again. Um, his dad's famous red and white number five. And, and Matt Staples and I are walking through the pits, and Matt's like, you need to go over there and check it out. And I couldn't. Like, I'm I'm 33, 34 years old, however old I was at that point when, when that happened. And I couldn't go over and, like, stand by the car or be around it. And even though I knew him and it would have been no big deal, like, it it took it would have taken away the magic to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, as as goofy as that sounds, like, it was – it i had to stay away because that was kevin man that was that was my hero and 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 shout out to to the briscoes man and um you know i i I love them to death but it's just cool because it it immediately took me back to being 10 years old and like being a bloomington speedway and watching kevin briscoe hit the high line and just in awe man
2: well and and for that reason is why my wrap this year was was red, white, and had forty four on it. So my my buddy that I I keep my car at a shop, his name's Brandon Downey. So his dad was Merrill Downey, uh, mm-hmm. which has several track championships with the th- from Brownstown and North Vernon and even Lawrenceburg. Well, I found a, a photo online of of his old late model, and and he's got a he's got a, a kind of a I guess an enclosed uh, shelf that has all of his trophies and plaques and pictures and stuff. in. I thought, how cool would that be if I put that on my car and granted, I, I, I put a little modern spin on it. And, and my goal really was to have the car wrapped before he got back to the shop just so he could look at it and go, you, are you kidding me, man? Just just because, I mean, that brings back so many memories and, and racing is all about family and it, it's not necessarily the family that, that i mean it obviously for for you and for me i mean it's it's your blood family but it's the family that you meet along the way right like if had, had i never met brandon i wouldn't have inherited two nephews that that i've i've corrupted slowly and now they're dirt racing guys rather than than drag racing guys well, i mean that that that's just that's it for me
3: i i just have to point out how ironic this is that the two of us ended up on the show together because my Merrill actually drove for my grandpa and I've heard so many stories about Merrill. There you go. There's the full circle right there. That is actually one race. My dad and I, even though we have great cars that we want to put on our schedule is to go run the Merrill
2: Downey. See, I would love to get in a modified for the Merrill Downey. So I've actually, my plan for the first race this year was to have that wrap on the car and run the Merrill Downey Memorial in the late model. And if I could, and and it's the thoughts cross my mind of selling the crate car and getting into a modified just so i can do that that would be fun just purely because i i mean i keep my car at his son's shop and and i mean at at this point i'm he's he's like my second brother to me i mean he's he's a ride or die whenever he calls and says hey man we're going to indy all right what where do you want me to meet you (laughs) kind of kind of things
1: unless you hit the uke tire again Unless I hit the U-Tire, and then, yeah. then I'm going to have to meet him somewhere <laughs> rather than meet me. So I do want to throw this out. Josh Harris asked this. Um, Caleb, where'd your number come from? Because he says, you know, obviously you guys have the same number, and he was curious where your number came from.
3: Well, in the go kart, they ran the number eight. But for the first few years, it actually looked just like Dale Jr.'s car. Like, that's what it looked like. So that's where the eight kind of came from. But when we went to go move into the TQs, there's was already an 8. So there was a lot of times in the go-karts when you showed up to the race, somebody would already have your number when you showed up, and they tell you to run something else. So you could either put a letter or a number. A lot of times we put 81, but my dad and I were talking when we went to the TQs. He's like, well, when you were little, after we found out Senior died, you said you wanted to, you wanted to be the guy to get back in that car, so why not put a 3 on it? So that's where the '83 came from. All right. right,
1: that is cool. So it's a, it's the junior and the uh, the senior tribute yeah. there. I like that. Um, another question here: If you could run one night in anyone else's car, who would it be and why?
3: Does it have to be a late model?
1: No, I th- I think we well let's do this. Let's say in a late model, and then let's say in any car. In a
3: late model. I would have to go with one of the rockets that run the national schedule like if i get to pick any car i'm going with the super so shepherds uh owens you know one of the richards even like i jump in one of their cars just to kind of see you know one what the difference is really between a crate and the super and also the difference in the cars the actual making the frames and stuff and that's not to say anything bad about the guys we run with around here it's just if i'm getting the option to go choose wherever i want to go that's where i'm going to go
1: absolutely
3: as for any car i have always wanted to drive a silver crown car for some reason i want to drive them on pavement and on dirt so i would love to get in that nolan racing ride and run it i know they were looking for a driver I think they've got a driver now but they were looking for a driver and i had actually talked about applying for it because i mean that was something i've wanted to do was to drive a silver crown car
1: very cool yeah i think a silver crown car would be pretty wild yeah so i'd, I'd probably have to say
2: well i i was gonna go with a with a rocket car so probably like a b-shop car mm-hmm. um but since you already took that i'll, I'll go bloomer because i think there's a lot that you can learn about a, a driver's driving style just just from the way they they navigate the car, right? There's there's a lot of guys that like it really bent, which which means rear end out, front end steering. There's a lot of guys that like it really straight, and I I, I personally am, am more of a, a a straight line driver. I whenever rear steer is involved, I I automatically assume that the tires are going away. So um, I would probably say a bloomer bloomer's car just just to understand what exactly they're feeling and what what does it feel like when everything's absolutely right just and 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 granted you you could say that for any touring car really um but i think that would be one that would match up more to my style um if i had to pick any car other than elite model it'd probably be probably be ricky thornton jr's modified because <laughs> i that, like that. that that guy is a shoe and what i've seen him do in a modified I'm amazed by, and I would love to understand what that feeling is. Because, I mean, uh, and and as as you know, you, you, you're chasing a feeling in a late model, mm. and, and with, with any car, really. But there's there's not a whole lot of feedback that you can get from, from everybody else that fits your driving style. So it, it would be interesting to see what the difference is between those two styles, specifically.
1: I think, I think it would be a really cool deal, and I know that they would never do it because everybody's so secretive and doesn't want anybody else to know. But I would think it would be awesome. Say a guy gets out. Like, like say a bloomer finally hangs it up, or, or whoever. Billy Moyer, Don O'Neill, now. Name one of those guys. But if at one of these major races, let's say at the Jackson 100, they let Don O'Neill get in, like, b Shep's car and then Richard's car and, and go down the chassis manufacturers and have one guy that could say, oh my gosh, like, or even driving style or set up to that drive to say, oh my gosh, like, Richard's car is trash. Just because Don O'Neill and Josh Richards maybe are trying to find that feeling and it's totally different. Yeah. Richards may go out and win the race, but for that, it doesn't fit. I, I just, I would love to see a guy Be able to kind of run across the board and say, "Wow, how different it is!"
3: Go ahead. I know that I've seen. It was from iRacing where they actually interviewed, I believe it was Josh Richards, crew chief, and he even said, "There's no car on the track that will be exactly identical because every single driver drives different." Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And 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 that's something I've always said on the show. You know, with young guys, I I think a lot of young guys are constantly chasing what somebody else has, you know, and 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 the the, the hypothetical question of whose car would you want to jump in is always fun, but sometimes I think young guys that get in the sport are like, man, if I just had, you know, Marty O'Neill's car, if I just had so-and-so's car, it's not always about that because if you jump in with a setup that so-and-so runs – you may be awful, mm-hmm. absolutely awful, but you jump into the right setup for you, your driving style and, and how it all works together. Like you said, you're constantly chasing that perfect feeling. Yeah. And it's and that's what people who aren't dirt racing fans don't understand. The 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 variables that go into that. Car setup, driving style, track conditions, weather. I mean, everything plays a part into finding that perfect feel and that's why it it is special when you find it i mean it's it is very very special so i I mean
2: absolutely and and just just even even just feeling the, the the smallest amount of change is is absolutely incredible because like in a late model i mean compared compared to a modified or a sport mod or a street stock i mean there, there's a thousand different ways you can skin a cat there's a there's a thousand different adjustments that you can make you can you can make a quarter turn in a lower bar and all of a sudden you're out to lunch or you're at the front of the field i mean it, it's just so small and it's it's what is that package like on that given night on that given track surface at that given ambient condition with that specific driver and is the driver willing to adjust for that specific condition mm-hmm. and i think i mean even even going back to, to the race, the, the summer of the, the hundred lap stock car show, my dad and I totally different driving styles in a late model. He'd probably be deadly because he likes to throw it in mash the throttle and let it go. And I'm, I'm more of a finesse guy. I, I have to feel the car on the right front, feel the car on the right rear. And that's kind of what I've been conditioned to do based on the track surface that we raced on. So, I mean, I got in his car the first night, and I ran off the track twice in the heat race because I couldn't get the dang thing to turn. And, I, and, and my uncle's sitting there in the background going, you guys can't drive the same car. <laughs> and it's like, no, I, I can drive anything. And, and that's, that's, that's me being an arrogant racer. I can drive absolutely anything. I just have to be able to turn the car. If I can turn the car, I can make it do what I want it to do. And the, and there's a lot of guys that n- can't necessarily will the car to do what they want it to do, and there's a lot of guys that can will a car that's a 15th-place car up into the top five. And that, Absolutely. That,
3: that's insane to me. And, and that's why I think in any form of racing, the one-year contract deals where they go and run for a year are the stupidest things because, you know, the Touring Series, they may may only go to a track once, so if you're looking at that driver every single week to see how they're doing, but the crew chief hasn't figured out how to set the car up for them, it's going to look like they're doing bad. Mm-hmm. So I've always said that if I ever got in that position, I would always make sure it's it's two years. I'm guaranteed two years. Because the second year, yeah, you should be doing better than you did last year because you have the notes from the track. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Hey, we're going to take uh, our last break here. Um, so, guys, be ready. As soon as we come back, I'm going to throw it to you guys for who helps you get to the track. But we want to thank our second round of sponsors here. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct to garment printing they have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite dirt dirt track racing
4: that has to be great for the local driver you don't have to buy all those up front absolutely and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home what did you say that was again p3racingshirts.com let's check them out don't let your Saturday night go without the excitement and live action at Southern Indiana's premier dirt track, Brownstown Speedway. Racing every Saturday night, starting with the Indiana Icebreaker. Schaefer Photo and Custom T is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia. Mark and Jamie Schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like. From prints, keychains, magnets, buttons,
1: and much more. Jeremy Owens has a reputation for being fast on the track but also very clean in how he races other drivers. He takes the same approach to his business, OCC construction and seamless gutters. He'll give you the best price, complete the job in the quickest timeline possible, all while giving you the best quality craftsmanship you can find. Jeremy believes that his word is everything, and the best form of advertising is word of mouth. He wants every customer happy when he finishes a job. So if it's new gutters, renovation projects, decks and patios, or a full home remodel, give OCC Construction and Seamless Gutters a call today. When you call them, let them know Thirsty Goat Entertainment sent you. You can contact OCC at 812 592 7899. All right. And we are back here on Thralled Up the Podcast. Um,. I'm going to throw it to you guys, first of all, uh, because I want you to thank not only the sponsors, but also the people who help you get to the track every week. So, Caleb, I'll throw it to you first.
3: Uh, so, the partners we had this year were uh, Bell Racing Helmets and Radical Race Gear, and then the people that helped me get to the track. Um, my dad, first off, I mean, he's in the shop with me every night working on the car. Um, I've got to thank my older cousin, too, because he's actually came to... I want to say about ninety percent of the races this year, and just kind of helped us work on them. Um, my dad's dad, and my grandpa, he whenever he wasn't being an official somewhere, he was at the track with us or in the shop with us, trying to help me learn it. My dad learned the new stuff since he's been working on them. Um, my younger cousin came a few times and helped, and then my mom's dad, he came a few times and helped as well.
1: Awesome coda uh so
2: kfr graphics and wraps out of cortez colorado um if you need a need a graphic wrapper sign contact val she's uh she's uh it's a locally owned and operated business so uh hit them up um past that the the people that help me brandon downey um he's been my ride or die since since day one out here he's he's the uh the the hauler driver effectively have used his his truck and equipment and and lifts and tools for quite a while um his his sons my my adopted nephews gray in france france is the crew chief he's uh 10 years old and told me that uh when he turns 15 he's driving the car so it's over uh, <laughs> uh, uh, apparently i've got five years to win or sell it all right um <laughs> Tamira, my my fiance, she she comes to the track and helps when she can, and when she can't, she's she's always there to to lend an ear out of out of me pondering setup stuff. Uh, so
1: so time out just because I, I got called out, <laughs> Tamira, correct? Tamira, yeah. Okay, because I was gonna say Tamira, so yeah, yeah. Tamira, yeah,
2: Tamira. Um,
1: I uh, didn't want to say it wrong, Tamira, <laughs> but I love it.
2: Ot. Obviously my family, Jay, Val, uh, Penny, Richard, uh, they've, they've helped me a lot through the years and they, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without them. Um, Jeff and Skylar Lewis have helped me uh, a, a lot in the, in the recent years just from building bodies and pondering setups and helping me smash springs, stuff like that. Tyler and Trent Collins as well. Um, they're always there to, to lend a helping hand and then uh, Justin Shaw recently he's been been helping me out with with quite a bit of stuff at Supreet solutions so
1: and I got I do gotta give a shout out there because I I know Jeff uh, he's commented here and you know Jeff and Skyler man there there aren't much better people than than Jeff and Skyler and um, I, I wish I could say the same thing about Tyler uh, no I mean, the Collins family, what they've done for racing locally, and I, I love picking on uh, on Tyler as well, but uh, the Lewises, the Collins, you can't find much better people than that in the racing world, and uh, it definitely, definitely good people.
3: Yeah, they've both helped me out as much as they can, and I, I guess I kind of forgot to mention all the random people that have helped me this year. Like, I've got too many people that have helped me this year to name. Like I can't think of all of them, but I do appreciate all their help this year
1: absolutely so guys here's the deal i'm we're we're already it's crazy enough we're at an hour into this deal but uh i do want to ask this before we we jump off here and take off what's the plans going into 2021 and uh obviously 2020 has been a year like i don't think we ever thought we'd see but going into 2021 what's your plans for for your race programs
3: um i guess we kind of have to see what happens but Our plan is to kind of start traveling around and going to different places. I mean, like Tyler said on here before, like, go down south and see how they run. So, I mean, we plan on – we're not going to go crazy and, like, we're not going to go to a 10,000-to-win show and expect to, you know, make the feature or anything like that. But we want to go and travel around, especially try to get me away from tracks I've already raced at multiple times, especially in the TQ – try and get it to where I can learn how to actually drive the car and then come back so then we can work on our setups here and so I mean we'll be at Brownstown we'll probably be at Twin Cities if they're open Um, I know that some of the tracks we definitely want to go to is Terre Haute and I'd we'd really like to go to Lawrenceburg but we'll see what kind of happens throughout the year but I would say our my schedule will probably be posted second week of February or so I man i know Brown sounded in post air so the end of january so yeah
1: not until the banquet right so jim's it'll, tradition
3: it'll, it'll be probably around then when after my dad and i can kind of sit down and look at what we'll do i know we won't probably start till the icebreaker that'd be the first weekend we would even consider and that's only if they're running crates because i'm not going to try and run a crate against the most national guys
1: very cool Coda.
3: um so I guess my goal for next year is to make the first
2: show <laughs> because <laughs> I haven't done it thus far. Cause I've always seemed to have the car exploded at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we're, I'm kind of limited by, by budgetary restrictions because I race out of my back pocket and I have a very strict budget that I abide by. And if I, if I tear stuff up that, that generally cuts my schedule down a little bit, but yeah, I, I want to do a little bit of traveling too. I obviously I, I want to get better at Brownstown. Um, I, Twin Cities is is also on the table just because it, it's so close. Um, Florence most likely as well, and then, and then probably travel down south. I'd like to like to hit some some Kentucky tracks and some Tennessee tracks just just because I like traveling and and it, it, it lowers my expectation of 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 who's the cars in front of me and what are they going to do. It, it's more of let's show up, let's have a good time, and if we finish in front of them, then heck yeah, let's keep going right. Um, but that—that's kind of my plans. I'm—I'm—I'm kind of limited by uh, a two races a month budget, and—and th- and that's okay, that's fine, that's—that's that's more than enough. So, well,
1: and I'll just give you this credit, even knowing what your budget is, is shows that y- you got more brains than a lot of drivers, and I—that's and nothing but love to drivers because I'm in that same boat. My brains are uh, probably standing in my uh, living room right now with my wife uh, because. I, I don't budget as well either, so uh, but it is tough, man, and and to try and keep that stuff in check is huge, and make sure that you're not putting yourself out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, guys, I want to tell you both this. Um, first of all, uh, I know Matt has texted me here during the show, and uh, he said he couldn't be here with you guys on the show. Uh, Matt, man, we uh, we're thinking about you, um, you know, and uh, we're here. But I want to thank you both uh for everything that you guys are doing for the sport i want to thank you guys for coming on the show we say it every week but when matt and i started this we thought it would probably just be matt and i here most weeks good thing because you guys would just listen to me to talk for an hour tonight so it's a good thing other people will drive down here and talk to us but man we support you guys we appreciate you guys and wish you all the best of luck next year
2: Awesome. Thank you. And, and kudos to Matt as well. He's probably one of three announcers that has ever gotten my last name right on the first shot. So kudos to Matt. Hey,
1: do, have <laughs> I said it right? Is it Kybel? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I couldn't get Tamira, but I got Kybel. <laughs> no, I, I do love uh, Tamira. I saw that you posted that your grandpa can't get your name wrong either, or name right either. So I feel like I'm in good company now. So <laughs> But, no, same to you, Caleb, man. We wish you the best.
3: Well, thanks for having me back on.
1: All right, guys, and we'll be back in two weeks, um, so make sure you follow along with us. Uh, But we'll be back in two weeks, and we'll play out our last set of sponsors. Thanks for joining us. Catch back up with us in two weeks. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's wwwp 3 graphicscom Do you have storm damage to a tree or trees in your yard? A stump from a tree you cut down years ago that's become an eyesore in your yard. A tree that continues to creep over your pool, house, or driveway. Give our friends at Cane's Tree Service a call today for a free estimate on tree trimming, tree removal, or stump removal. They're fully insured and have the experience for any job. Don't continue wishing you'd get those trees or stumps taken care of. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917.
4: Hey, give Brad at Brad and Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin customs, you can stick them deeper calling today at 812-216-3900.